When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It is time to get up with a Thursday night thriller. Brady needs it. Lamar may need it even more. The stars are ready to kick off the NFL weekend. Meanwhile, Aaron, under fire, doubles down on his comments about his teammates. Is it all about to spiral out of control in Green Bay? And after yesterday's big news, do the Cowboys need to make a Super Bowl move in the next five days or risk being left hopelessly behind? Those are the questions. We've got all the answers as we get up with you starting right now. Ready to roll on this Thursday. Ninko is here. Graziano is here. Bart Scott will be here. Vince Carter, Brian Windhorst, a cast of thousands or at least five or six as we get this thing rolling on a Thursday and it begins with trouble in Los Angeles. Oh, they were a mile high, but they looked a mile low again last night. LeBron and the Lakers in search of their first win of the season visiting the Nuggets first quarter. This is the kind of night it was up and no good. But wait a minute. Anthony Davis going to get it back. He's going to throw it down, but just keep a close eye on Davis. The worst fears of Laker fans, and candidly everyone, starting to be realized grabbing the back after the play. There'll be more of that as we go. He'd stay in the game. Now, LeBron James, he can still do this. Oh, he flies through the air with the greatest of ease and throws it down. LeBron, vintage in action. He would score 19 on the night. Lakers within three, final seconds of the half. Jamal Murray with a two-point Denver lead. Now we're going the other way as the Lakers are actually playing great defense. And they throw it up for Anthony Davis, who looked all right here after the first quarter scare. He had 22 and 14. We were tied at the half. Third quarter now. Just keep your eye on Anthony Davis. Don't pay attention to anybody but the guy wearing number three. We put the circle around him for you because watch him grab the back immediately there. Davis in clear discomfort. It'll go the other way, and KCP will knock down a corner three. But we'll show you the Davis moment again. He would stay in this game. But any athlete and all of those who've watched it with me this morning can see the minute he grabs that, this is becoming a problem for the Lakers. Fourth quarter, here's another problem. The Nuggets have Nikola Jokic. Inside he is. Watch him here on the rebound, the floater, the foul. He had 31, 13 rebounds, 9 assists. Nuggets by 10, looking to put it away. A couple minutes later, Lakers, LeBron, desperate, looking for a foul. Not going to get it. Christian Brown going to go the other way. Darvin Ham, he's unhappy. He's looking for a call. He doesn't get it. He gets a technical. LeBron is still barking. Again, LBJ would score 19, but not enough. The Lakers fall to 0-4 on the young season. What did you see as the difference in that third quarter when Denver made their push? Uh, at one point, we was outscored 29-11. How do you balance the sort of looking at the four losses so far at this point in the season with just everything going on, what do you think the biggest thing you guys have to do to turn it around? We're going to make some shots. I mean, some of it's early season stuff, obviously. Um, obviously, you know, like I said, it's a new system. It's a new group of guys together. Now, nah, but the most important thing he said was the first one, but they need to make some shots, and they just can't. And you couldn't blame it on Russell Westbrook last night. He didn't play. The Lakers are shooting 22% from three-point range. That is the worst three-point percentage by any team 
in any four-game span in the history of the NBA. And the three-point shot goes back decades and decades, and so does this man. Brian Windhorst is up with us early, and we'll get Vince Carter in this a little later. But let's get a quick taste here. You saw LeBron there. He, he looks like he's searching. How would you describe just how badly things have started for the Lakers? Well, there's the 29th offensive team in the league. Then there's 50 yards of bleep. And then you have the L.A. Lakers. They are actually playing terrific defense, Greeny. They are the number four defensive team in the league right now. Do you know how hard it is to be a losing team with the number four defense? It's like this. You have to be historically bad shooting the ball. So, yeah, Russell Westbrook didn't play. But their guys are shooting the ball as a group. Terribly, I'm now starting to see them pass up shots, which is a whole nother issue. And their defense is built around Anthony Davis, who is now suffering a little bit. Um, the last time we saw offensive numbers this bad, <clears throat> this sustained, was the 2012 Bobcats, who won seven games, and the 2015 76ers, who coined the term trust the process. It's got to get better, Greeny, because it can't get any worse offensively for them. Uh, be careful what you wish for, though, in that circumstance, Wendy, because it's not obvious. <clears throat> We're both choked up just thinking about how bad things are for the Lakers. Stay where <laughs> you are. We're going to come back to you. We've got Vince Carter in here a little bit later. We'll also, speaking of passing up shots, we'll show you what happened with Kyrie and Ben Simmons last night was the Nets playing in Milwaukee. So all that is on the way. But... The weekend in the NFL kicks off tonight, and the star quarterbacks are ready to go. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens visiting Tom Brady and the struggling Buccaneers. Tampa coming off loss to the Steelers, a loss to the Panthers. They've lost four of their last five in stunning fashion. And for the Bucs, it kind of feels like a must win, but they're going to have to overcome a bunch of injuries if they're going to do it. Currently, five players already ruled out for tonight's game, including two pass catchers. I and mean, take a look at that. Russell Gage has become an important part of what they do. Julio Jones, he's played only two games this season. That was somewhat predictable. And so let's dive in here a little bit. Before we go little picture, which tonight's game is critical, I think, for both these teams and both these quarterbacks, let's go big picture. Because, mm. Nico, you've known Tom Brady a really long time. I know you consider him a close friend. He was a teammate of yours for years. And so many people have commented here this week and everywhere of just the way he looks. He looks so deflated. He looks... Um, as though he is searching for answers and he himself can't find them. He doesn't look like Tom Brady. What are you seeing as you watch what's going on? I, I see a lack of, a little bit of lack of confidence in the team around him. You know, you haven't seen Tom have the moments that he's had this season. Of course, there's bursts that you've seen in the past, but this is repeatedly, you know, in front of the linemen. We, we can do better than this. We are not playing up to our standards. Um, the pressure that he's been taking, the drop passes. You know, you, you saw a wide open drop pass on a perfectly thrown deep ball by mm -hmm. Evans. That is rare. So, you know, when you see all these things adding up, it, it's it's troubling because at this point right now, you know, we looked at the Tampa Bay Bucks last season when they were one pass away basically from getting to a Super Bowl mm -hmm. and thought, well, if Tom Brady comes back, this team is going to be in it until the end. And at this point, they're not even close. They're not close. Well, so what's changed? The head coach? I mean, it was Bruce Arians that much of a motivator to, to have pushed the team in the right directions when, when time the times were tough? But at this point, you can't just look at Tom and think that he's the guy that's going to solve every issue that this team has. 
you have a bunch of health issues, you have key players that are out, that's hard to overcome. And then on top of that, you have a new coaching style in place as a head coach. And Tom is 45 years old. So I, I look at it and sometimes it's, it's upsetting a little bit to see Tom in this position because yeah. he had an opportunity to just kind of walk off. And, if, and after last year's playoff game, I don't think anyone would have debated, you know, Tom Brady looking the way he looked, he could have played another year. Of course he could have. But at this point, you wonder if he regrets putting himself back in this position because now everybody is talking about Tom Brady, the player, and how he doesn't look the same. But I still think he's playing at a high level. Yeah, I, I think the, the alarming thing about the Bucks right now is like, like you say, well, is it a must, like it's an important game, it's a must-win game. And mathematically, they don't need the game, right? Because they're still tied for first place at three yeah. and four with the Falcons, and the division looks weak. Psychologically, though, I wonder if they do need the game because that quote from Mike Evans last week about how he saw the light go out of the team after he dropped that ball, like that was really alarming to me. It's October. It's a game against the Panthers, and it's the first quarter, and the light went out? Like, what? this is not – that tells me there's something going on here that, that, that just isn't right with the team. Um, this was supposed to be the edge Tom Brady gave them, this psychological, like, we can overcome stuff, we can be – so whatever it is, whether it's change of head coach, whether it's the fact that, you know, Brady has, as, as he himself said, a lot of stuff going on, right? The fact that he retired and came back. Something is definitely off. So it feels like an important game for them from a psychological standpoint, even if it's not essential in terms of the standing. And I think that, that's the thing I keep getting stuck on with this year's buck. Do you feel, because there are some who will say, because it's Tom Brady, because we recognize so many of the names on the backs of the jerseys of this team, and we saw them win a Super Bowl as recently as whatever that is now, 19 months ago, there are some who say, oh, they'll turn it around. Do you feel like this is about to get better? Not tonight. I, I don't see it getting no. better tonight against the Ravens on a short week, and you're trying to overcome some of these obstacles. You saw how many guys are out in this matchup yep. with injuries. There's just a lot of injuries. They've been dealing with injuries since week one. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really tough to deal with. So I, I don't see it. I don't see it working. You think I don't it's going to get it's, better? Is this team going to get it together this year? I don't see the chemistry there of those guys saying, we can do it. We as a team. I, I feel like they're struggling with that, with that team dynamic. And it, you can see it in the chemistry when you watch – the team on the sideline, when you watch the defense, you know, this defense was supposed to be lights out. Yeah. Yeah. The defense is struggling. It's so terrible. It's, so, so it's, 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 a, it's a troubling thing to watch when you see that the team is lacking the chemistry when before the season, we all, oh, it's the same names. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, at, at the same time, you know, the situations of these players have changed dramatically in two years. I think, you know, in this year's NFC and in this year's NFC South, like, they can be a playoff team, right? Like, they can – there's seven playoff teams in each conference. Not all seven of them are special. Right. And, and whatever was special about this team doesn't – it feels like they're not – if they're going to get it, they don't have it yet. Mm -hmm. uh, the last couple of years, they felt special. They felt scary. They felt like they could beat anybody on any given week. And, and you don't get that sense from them now. And, and I would say quickly that – Thanksgiving really is the spot in the season where you can get things moving in the right direction, and after Thanksgiving, you can go on a run. Right. I've seen it in the past. Teams with that them. have struggled with them. Two years ago, exactly. right? Exactly. Like right around that so time. There still is time, but the, the, the lack of, I guess, accountability from the offensive line, and you've lost some key pieces. With, and, and again, 
in football, you only need to lose one guy. Mm -hmm. And maybe the guy was Jansen, Jensen. Maybe yeah, that center. guy was just the yeah. center because he kind of kept the, the guys, maybe, maybe after practice, maybe in the meeting rooms, there was better communication and better chemistry with one guy. And it's, it's crazy to say, but it, it happens every single year. You see teams that lose just one guy, and it can affect more than, than just the position group. It affects everybody. Well, we'll see what they look like when we get to Thanksgiving. Here we are at Halloween, and right now it looks really bad. Let's put <laughs> the picks up. Let's see what the picks have to say on the screen. We have Ravens at Bucks tonight. Again, Bart Scott's going to join us. We'll get his pick a little bit later. I will tell you that I'm taking the Bucks for two primary reasons. One, one. everyone else here is taking the Ravens. <laughs> and two, so is the public. If there's one yeah. lesson that yeah. I've learned over the course of time, 70-something percent of the public is all over Baltimore tonight. That means the Bucks are the play as illogical as it appears. We'll pause on that thought. We'll talk about another legendary quarterback who desperately needs to get it going. Aaron Rodgers has spent the week pointing fingers for the Packers. Why the Green Bay quarterback might need to change that tune soon as we roll on. It's Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're back on Get Up, and the game is called Fact or Fiction. Ninko, uh, is it right that the Giants are an underdog against the Seahawks? Is that fact or fiction? That's fiction. Come on, they're playing great football. They're running the ball well. You got Danny Dimes looking like a new guy. You got a, a head coach that comes into a new environment and really has taken over um, a top candidate for coach of the year. I, I, I really don't think that this is an accurate 
assessment of what the Giants are. I get it. They're playing on the road against a Seahawks team that is playing better than we anticipated. But I believe the Giants are going to win. Geno Smith revenge game. Uh, Ninko, if I said the Colts failed Matt Ryan, is that fact or fiction? That's fiction. Matt Ryan failed himself. They gave him an opportunity. He's got a great head coach. They, have, they had a good football team. This was a surprise pick for me that, that this team, the Colts team, was going to be better than what they actually are. It's all on Matt Ryan. Fair enough. And then Graziano, how about to you? The Packers, if I said they're still going to win the NFC North, is that fact or fiction? I got to say fiction. Look, they're falling too far behind the Minnesota Vikings who already have one head-to-head -head win against them and frankly have all year looked like the better team. The Packers have a lot of issues to fix. I'm not saying they can't fix them, but I think the time it will take to do that will probably put them too far behind. And if they make the playoffs this year, it'll probably be because they got hot late and got a wild card. All spot. right, so that, that video you see there of Aaron Rodgers just sort of lying there face There's down the is sort of common of, of the thought that we have here. Uh, okay, let me explain what happened here. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers the other day had these comments on Pat McAfee's show in which he was critical of his teammates and actually talked about sitting them down. It's just the quarterback, not the coach, talking about possibly benching players. That obviously came up again as he met with the media yesterday. Here's what he said. People don't think I need to air that stuff out. That's their opinion. But I'm doing what I think is the best interest of our guys. And I've tried a lot of different things from a leadership standpoint this year. And, you know, I was just relating my personal feelings on the situation. I didn't call anybody out by name. I'm alerting everybody that this hasn't been good enough and we all got to do a little better job. You know, if one of those guys has a problem with it, I'm right here. Yeah, I'd love to have a conversation. It's so, everything he says is just so fascinating. And so yesterday, Nicola, as a former player, I'm dying to hear your perspective. A lot of the former players here had an issue with a player suggesting that playing time needs to be taken away from others. What did you think of it? I don't have an issue with it. It's Aaron Rodgers. The status of Aaron Rodgers and what Aaron Rodgers has accomplished in his career, if he feels that a receiver isn't running the proper routes, isn't being in the spots that he needs to be versus certain looks defensively, then he could easily say this guy needs to have a few reps taken away. Let's give somebody else a chance. I don't have a problem with that one bit because I would say that Aaron Rodgers probably understands a little bit more on how to look into a player and how to feel a player on the field versus what a coach knows just standing on the sidelines because Aaron Rodgers has been in situations where he has confidence in his receivers that had had veteran receivers in the past and now he's trying to work with a young group of guys that are learning as they go. I have no issue with this. Aaron Rodgers has earned the right to do that and I can guarantee that other veteran quarterbacks in the past have influenced the amount of reps that a receiver has gotten on sure. a football field based on their status. Tom Brady, maybe? Certainly. I, I would add to that, and Graz, I'll come to you in a second there, because this is Dan's game this weekend. I would add to that, that in some ways it feels like Rodgers the last couple of weeks has been sending messages to the man in the middle of your screen there. This guy right here, right? Head coach of Matt course. Lefleur. Of course. I, I feel like he's not, that Rodgers is, is to some degree questioning the offense they're running, and to some degree now maybe he's questioning the people who are on the field running it. And I totally agree with you because at one point Aaron Rodgers said, well, maybe we need to just simplify some things and pull back a little bit. And the guy in the middle said, I don't know what you're talking about. I think our offense is great. Yeah. So there probably is a little bit of frustration here when everybody's winning and, you're, and everyone's happy. Things are great. Yeah. Relationships are great. When you start to lose and people are questioning the philosophy on how you're calling offense and, and as a head coach that's an offensive mind – that maybe 
he feels like things are his toes are being stepped on a little bit as a head coach when Aaron Rodgers is saying maybe we need to dial back the offense. I think the critical difference here is right and, and Aaron's sitting there saying if anybody has a problem they can come talk to me. The guy in the middle will do that. I mean like if there is a problem like he has the stature in the organization to do it. I don't know if there's another player in the locker room who does. Right, like yeah. Aaron considered his, and, and say that if they have a problem, come talk to me. But if you're one of these young receivers, are you really going to walk up to Aaron Rodgers at his locker and say, hey, man, what's the deal? Do we have an issue here? I, I just don't think that's how it works. Uh, and I think that I think this speaks to sort of the, the generational thing we're talking about, right? That's it. That's like that's, he's a lot older than the young players it. on his team. And, and it may be we're dealing with a generation that that gets motivated differently than the players he's used to playing with over the years. Well, and so I think that dynamic is at play here as well. And, and I would say when you talk about that, the, the generational thing, I'm going to date myself a little bit. Back in my day, mm -hmm. when I was a rookie, there was there was this, this, you have to earn things step by step. It wasn't all at once. You didn't just get the biggest contract right when you walked in the building or a starting position. You had to run down on kickoff. You had to play punt team. You had to pay your dues. Pay your dues. That's not a big thing these days. Not a big deal. I mean, <laughs> it's not. People don't understand the pay your dues thing. You have to pay your dues and work your way into a position. And while you're doing that, you're learning how to be a great football player. Oh, by the way, they play at Buffalo this Sunday yeah. night. They're oh, a double-digit underdog. It's the first time that uh, Rodgers has ever Buffalo? been. Just what they need. A double-digit Buffalo. Well, Rodgers actually said Sunday after their loss last week, maybe this is just what we need. Maybe. Right now. Or, or not. Or maybe not. But, the point is, you, are, you have the game this week. Yeah. You, so you're talking to a lot of the people there. I think a lot of us on the outside look at this and imagine that this is just utter chaos, that everything there is just a complete mess. What are you hearing from the people inside the building? Look, I, I think first... First of all, to the point of the of the Lafleur Rogers relationship, I, I think they're I think they're okay. Like they can talk to each other, right? Like they, they they have that. In terms of the the locker room, I think that's the interesting part. Like where are the solutions coming from? And I think that's where Aaron Rodgers is sort of reaching. I don't want to say the end of his rope, but kind of getting close to that, right? I, I would add to this that at some level, when you have played a long time and you're a veteran and you're the star quarterback, and you're making the big money, and you have young players that are, that, are, that are really just coming into the league and learning like how to be a football player, you have to be one of the guys. And, and sometimes, as a quarterback, you're like an alien, right? You don't, you don't hang out in the same spots, you don't drink the, you know, the same drink, to eat the same food, you don't do the things that the rest of the team does. And I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers isn't yeah, doing I that, don't think that, but I don't see him, it. I don't see him, you know, with the team dynamic, maybe these young guys don't know how to approach him. Yeah. Because he's I mean, you Aaron hear a lot. You hear a lot about him, you know, making a point of in the cafeteria going having breakfast or lunch with the younger receipt, like that kind of stuff. So he does do that kind of reaching out inside, inside the building. Outside the building. Outside, you're talking about outside, outside the building. Outside the building. No, that's, where, that's what I don't know. I think the point, the problem that we have here is a central one. Aaron Rodgers is the ultimate win-now player. You don't re-sign yeah. Aaron Rodgers, who is clearly, by his own words, taking it day by day, much less year by year, unless you are all in to win it right this minute. Packers are not an all in to win it right this minute organization. Whether you think that's a fault or not. No, it's, but it's that's, them. that's yeah. where the problem Always is. Always big picture. So you're trading away your second best player, and now you find yourself where you find yourself, and you're headed to Buffalo this weekend. Good luck. We'll continue in just a moment here. We're talking about another team that, that might be facing 
some pressure to make a huge move right now. The Cowboys rivals have struck. In the arms race, is it on them to do something in the next four days? We'll answer that question next. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We're back on Get Up, and the game is called Either Or. Hey, Rob Ninkovich, uh, more rushing yards tonight. Lamar Jackson or the entire Bucks team? Who you got? I'm going, Lam <laughs> I'm going Lamar on this one. I mean, the, the guy is terrific. We all know how special he is, but this year alone, just the – 72 rushing yards a game like come, there's running backs that don't even touch that so I'm going with Lamar he's, he's, he's a special guy there, there's no Buccaneers running back who even considers touching it uh, meanwhile <laughs> Graziano more passing yards in London Sunday Russell Wilson or Trevor Lawrence I got to go with Russell Wilson here because of the two defenses right the Broncos have actually played really good defenses here and are not allowing a lot of passing yards per game and in Russell you know, they, they might be behind, might have to come back. I understand he was doing a lot of stretches and stuff on the flight over. So I think he's good to go there, and, and he'll have more passing yards than Trevor. He was doing high knees, high knees. Uh, on Excuse the me. flight yeah, over to knees. London. and That'd be annoying. Like, he made darn down. sure everybody knew it, I'll tell you that. Hey, Ninko, more passing touchdowns in their game in Seattle. Daniel Jones or Geno Smith? I'm going with Geno Smith on this. I, I, I still am taking the Giants. I'm still taking the Giants to win. Don't get me wrong here, okay? But I, I, I'm looking at the style of play here. Giants on the road. They might have to really just have a heavy running game. 
so yeah. Geno might throw the ball more. Yeah. He might have more attempts. Daniel Jones basically a right-handed Michael Vick. It's a <laughs> run, man. We'll see. Have they were able to? That's by the way. That's the only game between two teams with winning records this weekend: okay. the Giants Whoa. and Seahawks. Who, who could have possibly seen that coming? Meanwhile, our next stop is Dallas. Running back Zeke Elliott did not practice yesterday. He sat with a knee sprain. He's listed as questionable as they get set to play the Bears on Sunday. And Graziano, you were telling us in the meeting this morning, it is by no means a foregone conclusion that Ezekiel Elliott will play in this game. I don't think I'd seen that video slowed down like that. It's hard to watch. Bad no, uh, look, he, he obviously wants to play. He's toughed it out, played through a knee injury all last year. But, no, I, I think there's some significant question as to whether he plays Sunday. Okay, so that feels like point in the week. a reasonably important factor. I would say I've been flamingoed like that. It's not fun. Okay. <laughs> flamingoed? Is that the, yeah, is that yeah, the like term? Think about the knee goes, going the wrong way. It's yeah, the yeah. wrong way. It's, and, and thank goodness it isn't worse then necessarily than just what you see on your screen. And maybe the Bears are a team they could beat even without Ezekiel Elliott, although maybe. they looked a little better Monday night against New England. That's not the point of the story. There was also sneaky big news yesterday in their own division. The Eagles making what I think is a significant acquisition, going out and trading for Robert Quinn from the Bears. The unbeaten Eagles adding to their arsenal, bolstering what is already a great defensive line. And I tell you what, Graziano, you used to cover baseball. And you know what this reminds me of a little bit? There was a moment in time when there was an arms race in the American League East between the oh, Yankees yeah. and the Red Sox, I right? Remember. They got somebody. We got to get somebody. We got to counter. The Cowboys, I'm just going to say it right now. They've got four days, five days, however far away next Tuesday is, to make a move. The Eagles are all in. They make the big trade here. I believe the Cowboys need to find some way to go out there and make a, a, a motor a, a move that is consequential for this season. What do you think? I don't think that they will, but I, I do have to point out. Why would that you they... say that like that? Why, I'm all excited. Why would you say I don't think that they will? <laughs> Ask me a question and I answered. Am I supposed to they, lie to you? They need to do it. Their owner is 80. This is their window. The entire NFC stinks besides the one team they're chasing. Do you know that they made a trade on Tuesday? Like, they, they added a defensive lineman, Jonathan Hankins from the Raiders. That's a pretty good player in terms yeah. of stopping the run. It's not as flashy as the edge rusher and Robert Quinn, a name everybody knows. But, look, the cap, everybody goes back to the year they traded for Amari Cooper. And it worked. And it worked. They needed a number one receiver. They needed any receiver. And he was a number one, and he was young. They thought it's a first-round pick. He's still very young. He's better than anybody we'd take in the first round next year. He can help us right now and in the future. And they're right about all that. So if a deal like that was out there, sure. But tell me who that player is. Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy? Really? Yes. Like he's established himself as not a number for a one receiver? No, no. Not for a first-round pick. They don't need a number one receiver. They need another receiver. Yeah, Michael Gallup had a combined total of zero points, zero catches, zero fantasy points. I was going to say, now, now it knows. sounds like you know, you're talking about something. Well, take it from one who knows. <laughs> Michael Gallup got me zero on DraftKings on Sunday. Thanks a lot. This but sounds point, personal now. No, but the point is, they're, they're that offense last year was special. And then they traded Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick to the Cleveland Browns. That was a financially driven decision. And let's just see. But that's my point is that the moment to push your chips to the center of the table has come. There were like three good teams in the entire NFC, yeah. and they're one of them. This is their moment for the Cowboys. I got no buyers over here. How do I look on this side? <laughs> They're not going to trade away a top pick because then you're going to lose your draft equity. So if they can get, I don't know, you said in the, in the production meeting, like a Bourne-type player. Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne-type yeah, player for a six-round pick. Sure, like a little addition, a good piece. I'll take it. A little I'll piece. take Kendrick Bourne. But, but, 
I would say this. The Eagles and Quinn, that was, that was a heck of a move. Yes, it was. Because a pass rusher is one of the easiest things to just transfer. To, go to a new team, put your hand on the ground, go get that guy with the ball. Go oh, get yeah. the quarterback. The receiver position, if you trade for a receiver, it's going to be three to five weeks before that guy feels comfortable enough in the system or he could go out there, say they run no huddle, say they run something that's fast tempo. He's, it's going to take a bit to learn. So I, I think that a receiver position, if you're going to go with a, a higher draft pick, it has to be a big-time possession receiver that you could say, hey, run a fade, you throw the ball up to him. And I don't know if anyone out there is available that big in that type of player. That's why historically there hasn't been as much activity at the NFL trade deadline as the baseball one. Right. You can't just, like, trade for a second baseman. Right. And he comes and he plays second base. Like, you have to learn the new offense, new defense, whatever it is. Here's all I will say. Yeah. That the way everything has shaped up, and they won four games with a backup quarterback yeah. and they get Dak Prescott back and you look at the landscape of the NFC. I will say right now, anything short of the NFC championship game will yeah. be a disappointment for this Cowboys team. They are clearly <laughs> good enough to be sitting there in the NFL's final four this year. And if they don't, that was a failure. But if they believe that about themselves, then they don't have the desperation to make a move. The year they got Amari Cooper, they felt like they weren't good enough and they had to do something. I think what we've seen this year from them indicates to them that they are good enough, that they are one of the best teams in the NFC. Well, we'll see. I mean, look, they were, what was it, 14 seconds away last year against San Francisco, and who knows that one player can make a 14-second difference. I'll take Kendrick Bourne if that's the best <laughs> you give, offer me. All right. The ball we will have give the ball to the ref. Much more on this as we can <laughs> in a moment. In the meantime, a lot of interesting storylines from the NBA, and we got one of the all-time greats to break them down for us. Let's run the floor. The Sixers lost their fourth game of the early season last night to the Raptors. They lose by 10. Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey each had 31, but it's not enough. The Sixers are 1-4. and four. How about the Knicks? They beat the Hornets in overtime. They led by a big night from Jalen Brunson. Brunson has been terrific. He had 27 points, 13 assists. He has solidified that offense, and the Knicks moved to 3-1. and one. And then we we opened this morning with the Lakers. We showed you the full highlight as they are one of the few winless teams left in the NBA. They're 0-4. They fall to the Nuggets by 11. The Lakers continue not to be able to shoot the ball at all. They're hitting just 26% from behind the arc. It's the second time a LeBron James team has started 0-4. The first was his rookie year. And according to our analytics, it could be about to get a whole lot worse. They're not favored to win any of their upcoming seven games. Candidly, if you watch them, I'm not sure why they would be favored to win any of their upcoming 78 games, uh, which is what they have left. And so Wendy is back with us this morning, and the great Vince Carter is going to throw down a few slam dunks here. All right, so, so VC, I mean, it is the most basic thing in this sport. If you can't put the ball in the basket, you have very little chance of winning. Wendy made the point earlier this morning, the Lakers are actually playing good defense. What, if anything, can they do about being unable to shoot? So, uh, it's not much that you could do. And I'm, I'm going to say this, and it, it goes, I think it falls in AD's lap more so than LeBron. If, I just looked at the stat sheet, and it's, he had one free throw attempt. One free throw attempt. So, that just tells me everything is jump shot. Everything's not aggressive. Everything, you know, your shots are not to the basket. And the reason I say that is if you can get your team in the penalty, Outside of not being able to shoot the ball, at least you can draw fouls and score with the clock stop, giving yourself a chance to score other than settling for a jump shot or hoping that you can make a jump shot or whatever the case may be. So I, I think AD, they need something from AD more so than just 22 points. Uh, you know, I, I think he needs a demand right now. He didn't look healthy. 
you're, you're expecting LeBron to save the day again, which he can do, but if he's trying to save the day now, what will LeBron will you get at the end of the year? Yes, he'll still be there. He'll do it. But will he break down for you at the end of the year if you're trying to make a push? He makes a really good point. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when the acquisition of Anthony Davis meant that LeBron was going to get to be the second best player on the team and it was going to be AD who sort of took that mantle and carried them. That feels like a very long time ago. So, Wendy, all of the fans around the country are wondering, when is the Cavalry coming? When could we expect, when might we expect to see the Lakers make some kind of move to shake up this roster? Well, Greedy, the message that the Lakers have sent both internally and other teams is they are going to try to wait for the big one. They are not necessarily interested in a trade that would make them marginally better, get them to maybe looking at the 7, 8, or 9 seed. They want a trade that would take them up into contention. Obviously, that's hard to do. Obviously, that takes time. Um, and there's not, some, there's not something they could do around the edges. They could make a small move, but we're really talking about the Russell Westbrook trade. And so I would say to you that the, that the vibe from the Lakers is not to expect that to try to grow internally, to try to figure out lineups that work better, and just don't shoot historically bad. If they just were to shoot to their career <laughs> averages, they, their defensive numbers suggest that they would approach being an average team, which, quite frankly, might be the ceiling for this Lakers squad. I can see Vince wants to jump in. Go ahead, VC. I just have one thing to say. With that, you, you, you run the risk of your locker room separating. You have veterans on your team right now, so you could get away with it and, and hope that they're going to, you know, say, okay, well, let's stay the course, kind of like you're saying, and just, just wait or whatever. But you're going to run the risk of, well, you're already starting to see bad body language. You're starting to see your head coach kind of get a little snippy in post-game interviews, and then you're going to have separation in your locker room. Then it's, it's over after that. So I, I think they're running the risk, and, you know, uh, if you're going to do that, you have to just see when it's time to, 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 to hit the panic button, which I think it is now, but when it's time to really e hit eject, you have to do it if you're going to do it that way and take this approach. So, so that is a, a feels like a legitimate concern. We'll get into the Nets a little bit later. Let's just stay on this for a minute because it is the biggest story in the NBA. Here is LeBron James, Wendy, someone that you have been covering since he was in high school, one of the greatest players of all time. This can't be the way he envisions it ending for him. Is there any path to something that looks vastly different from this in Los Angeles that is realistic. Yeah, the path is the 23-24 season. That's, you know, if the Lakers really want to be honest about it, and I do think they're being honest about it internally, their best bet may be to just wait until Russell Westbrook falls off of the books, have the $50 million in salary cap space, have next year's draft pick. They do have their first round pick. Now the Pelicans can swap with them, so take away all your Victor Wembanyama hopes, but they could theoretically trade that pick and the Westbrook picks. In the interim, they're just hoping that some of their players get back to shooting their career averages because when you look at the numbers, this is almost scary how bad they're shooting. They are a bad shooting team. They will never be a good shooting team, but they are not this bad. And their defense suggests that if they just start shooting somewhat marginal numbers instead of historically horrible numbers that they should stabilize Greeny. But it's easy to say that when you're looking at the spreadsheets and it's hard to say that when you look at these results night in and night out. Vince, give me a final word on this here. I, I, I put yourself on LeBron's head right now. What do you think he's thinking? 
I'll just say this, and Wendy, you may or may not agree, but LeBron James, since he's been in L.A., has done everything for the Laker organization, has saved the day, been the hero, cleaned up their mess for them. When will the Lakers do that for him now mm. at this point of his career? I think that's the And question. he signed the contract extension before this year, Vince, taking the pressure off this season. He did that. He knew what he was doing. A really good point. So LeBron has done his piece. It's time for someone else. It's time for some sort of gesture to be done on someone's part. Let's see if they've got the right people to do it. Guys, stay close by. We'll get to some of the other NBA storylines as we continue. And we've got a doubleheader coming your way tomorrow night. we got Bradley Beal and the Wizards hosting Indiana in our first game at 730 Eastern. Then Zion could be back for this one. Pelicans go to Phoenix, take on Devin Booker and Chris Paul in that game. Our coverage begins with NBA Countdown 7 Eastern on ESPN and on the ESPN app. Coming up, it isn't clear if Mac Jones will start for the Patriots Sunday against the Jets, though it seems to be headed that way, is the uncertainty potentially undermining a promising career. We've got concern, and you'll hear it as we continue. Get up on ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are back, and it is time for Overreaction Thursday with Dan Graziano here in the house. So I'm going to say something that I think people are generally saying, and you tell me if it's an overreaction. Dan, if I said Nathaniel Hackett's going to get fired if the Broncos lose in London Sunday, would that be an overreaction? I believe that is an overreaction. This is out there. There's chatter about this possibility. Uh, things are bad in Denver right now. I still feel like... Firing a coach before the end of his first season, unless it's an Urban Meyer situation, uh, is is really, really unusual. I, 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 I think this is an overreaction. We barely even make it halfway through yeah. his first season. How about if I said Andy Dalton's going to be the Saints starter the rest of the year? Is that an overreaction? I think it is an overreaction. I think at some point Jameis Winston gets another shot. Like the issue with Jameis Winston historically has been turnovers. Andy Dalton through two interceptions that were returned for touchdowns last week, so it's not as if he's immune from the turnover situation. I think this is a fluid situation that will change again by the end of the year. Might be the biggest disappointment in the sport right now. How about if I said the Jets are going to beat New England by two touchdowns this weekend? Is that an overreaction? No, it's not. They're the better team and should win the game. I know, I know. They've lost to them 12 times in a row. I, I, I know all the history. This is an opportunity for the New York Jets to make the kind of statement. Remember when Buffalo started beating the Patriots, right? Like, like they, we know we're better, but they've owned us for years. We got to do it. The Jets are at that moment. I'm telling you, pick your head up, man. They're the better team. Don't do this. They're the better team. Don't, everything is going so well. Just don't talk about it so much. I don't like you people talking about how well. Th no, they wrote me that. Oh, okay. I, I, I oh. asked in the meeting. I said, I don't want to ask him that question. Oh. Things are going well. The minute that I start saying we're going to win by two touchdowns is definitely when things start going the wrong way. They now, they should on the Patriots, yesterday, our field Yates reported that Mac Jones took 90% of the first team reps at practice and that he will start Sunday. This was, of course, asked to Bill Belichick, and in very Belichickian fashion, here's how he answered. 
Phil, have you named the starting quarterback for the Sunday yet? Uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes here today. Do you plan on having that quarterback rotation again? We'll see how it goes today. Is that something that would be? Look, set? we're not. Look, we're not doing anything here. We haven't practiced. We're going to go out and we're going to see how it goes today. All right. All right, so that's that's Bill. And, and so no one should ever be surprised that Bill is not naming his starting quarterback. If, if it was up to him, he probably wouldn't name a quarterback till the second quarter after the game had already started. That said, Ninko, the fact that there is not just this very clear from everywhere feeling that Mac Jones is our guy and there's no question about it, why does that concern you? Confidence. Confidence in the player. And I had to uh, listen. When I was at this game Monday night, I literally have an issue with the Patriot fan base. You had a long run of terrific football. Mm -hmm. You get a first round quarterback at number 15 who in his rookie season goes to a Pro Bowl and takes you to the playoffs. Coming back from an injury, you have a third string quarterback that helps you win some football games. Okay. You have Mac Jones back in the lineup. He throws one interception, and the whole stadium is booing, booing and chanting for Zappy. The whole stadium. The whole stadium is chanting for Zappy. What are we doing, Patriot fans? Like, what are we doing? I, okay. It's fun to say, Zappy. It, it's it. Zappy. It's got a, yeah, it's got a but, nice but, but Why it. is it a problem? It's a problem because you have Mac Jones, who hasn't played much football. He's still a very young football player coming back from a high ankle, which he could have gone and had a surgery or done something other than, you know, just rehab and pushed himself back out there sooner. And he looked good. He was running for first downs. You know, the offensive system changed when Mac was in there versus when Zappi was in there. So number one, the offenses were completely different. Zappi's in, Zappi's under center, he's under center running the football. Max in, it's gun runs. I don't like a gun run. I don't like trying to run the football with no threat of RPO or anything like that when you're five yards behind the line of scrimmage. That means you have to run for 10 yards to gain five. Doesn't make sense to me. So that is another issue. And Hembo sent me a thing that I just have to say it. So Mac has only started 39 games total from college and professional. Right. 39 games. Yeah. So he needs more time. And the, the Patriots, to help him have more confidence, should come out and say, Mac is our guy. He's our starting quarterback. We drafted him number 15 overall, first round, and he is the guy that we're going to go into this matchup with and beat the Jets. Well, so it's the confidence. We, to the point we made a moment ago, that would be very unlike Bill, who, who basically liked to treat Tom Brady, who was the greatest quarterback of all time, like he was just one of the guys. But what you're saying is that maybe Brady was a guy who could take that and, in fact, used it as motivation that maybe this is actually working against Mac psychologically. Well, me and Dan talked about just generationally it could be different. You right. know, some younger guys are, are probably motivated differently. And you have to learn each player and how what pushes that player. Sometimes, like myself, I could speak on how I was motivated. Somebody calling me out in front of the team would make me mad, and I'd go out there and perform. Well, I think that sitting down Mac and saying we had a plan, okay, that's, that was the plan, fine. He never went back in the game. Yeah. Right. And to say that, that the game got away from them, they're only down two scores. They scored 14 points in two drives. So I, right. I think that the, the confidence issue is a big problem. And then the fans, 
they got to work on that. Dan, that's what, what, inside the building, is yeah. there a quarterback controversy inside the building? There has not and there has never been inside the building. That Mac was always going to play when he was healthy. They felt like last week he was healthy enough to play, but not, you know, fully healthy. So that for some reason, Belichick had the plan last week that both guys were going to play. And when they divvied up the practice reps last week, it was with that in mind. My understanding is that their plan for practice this week is Mac Jones. And so uh, there's never been, so whatever's happening externally, Inside the building, from my understanding, it's been made clear who the quarterback is. I've got to leave it there for the moment. I'm right. up against the got hour, it. but I do want to come back to this because, I mean, you know, there's a lot there, obviously, and Ninko understands it better than anybody. By the way, Saturday night, we got a great football game coming your way on ABC Primetime. Jim Harbaugh, number four, Michigan, hosting their arch rivals, Michigan State. Strange things happen when these teams go head-to-head. 7.30 Eastern on ABC, and you can watch on the ESPN app. All right, coming up, we know it's been a rough go for the legendary quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Another Hall of Fame quarterback says he knows exactly what the problem is. Wait till you hear this, because it's not one that can be fixed. That's next. Get up on ESPN. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.